Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on Fresh Take Network. I'm Simon Chaskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we will be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors, and drama that you will want to hear about. This week we're going to be switching things up a little bit and actually starting with the NFL again. We're going back. Well, kind of the NFL anyway. The 2028 Olympics. We'll be talking a little bit about that and how they're going to be bringing back flag football or bringing in flag football sorry and bringing back baseball i believe they have had baseball before maybe yes 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 okay i wasn't sure i wasn't sure on that yeah at some point then we'll probably go into the nfl do a little bit of a preview going into this upcoming week because this should be coming out on about friday or saturday i'm not too sure quite yet so it should be coming out right before you'll get to watch those games then we'll do a little bit of a, we'll take a step backwards, take a peek at a couple things from last week, like Julio Jones signing with the Eagles. Then we'll probably move into the NHL and talk a little bit about Matthews becoming the fifth ever player to get back-to-back hat tricks to start off a season, which was a pretty wild thing to say the least. Then we can move into the NBA and talk about the NBA Rookie of the Year rankings, which the score just dropped going to be which have a lot of really interesting names in it and i'm definitely excited to get into that conversation then we'll move into the mlb and talk a little bit about some stuff that's been coming out about uh, the playoff format a lot of people aren't happy with it obviously and uh yeah caleb are you ready to get into it absolutely and we're going to start with some big news coming out of a section of the sporting world we don't often talk about and that is the olympics um It was announced this past week that the 2028 Olympics in L.A. will feature a wide variety of sports, either for the very first time or the first time in a while. Um, There's a couple of really interesting ones in there. There's The full list is baseball and softball are returning sports, as well as cricket and lacrosse, Um, while the sports that are making their debut are squash, and then perhaps most interestingly, flag football. Um, I'll pose the question to you, Simon. Which of these sports are you most excited to watch in the Olympics? Oh, uh, I wonder. Uh, probably yeah. flag football. <laughs> probably football. Yeah. I think baseball is interesting, especially after the uh, the. Oh crap! I'm already forgetting the name of the tournament. Do you remember what it was? I'm not a big baseball guy. If it's not obvious, the World Baseball something or other literally happened this summer. Yeah. I'm tripping on I, the I name. don't remember what it was called, but yeah. I know. But I, I remember I did watch a couple of those games, including the final one between Japan and uh, America, obviously. And it was super interesting because it kind of did show that what a lot of people have thought for a while, which is while America is still a powerhouse in baseball, are they? They a lot of countries are starting to be able to keep up with them, which I think makes baseball a super interesting one, especially if a lot of MLB players will play. Because, obviously, it'll give uh, USA a chance to try and get back at uh, Japan and all that. But I think football is definitely the most interesting. I think, uh, obviously, America is probably going to dominate. That's not really a question. I remember having a conversation with a couple of classmates on who Canada would necessarily have and what that would look like. Which, I think, one of the things that personally comes to mind for me that'll be really interesting about it is it'll probably give a lot of of the smaller leagues around the world, like obviously CFL comes to mind just for me because we live in Canada. And I, it'll give a lot of those CFL guys a chance to go up against a lot of it, those NFL guys from America. And the thing that you always hear from NFL players who go over to the CFL is that at least in that those positions, the gap for the average players 
isn't that crazy. It's more just what gets seen, right? And uh, I'm curious how that would go in flag football, I guess, or in the Olympics. I think it would be a really good opportunity to, I think if anything, it would probably highlight the skill level in other leagues, which I think is awesome. I think it's a really, really cool opportunity. And it would just be fun, honestly, because I think we'd see a lot more chiller of an environment just based on what I've seen before of watching flag football. But who knows? Maybe I'm completely off. I don't know. I don't know yeah, what. I mean, I'm also curious what a team USA would look like. Like, who's your starting QB? Who's your ooh, starting? Who's your wide receivers? Like, it's so. That's so tough, right? I I. Oh, I mean, it depends. I mean, we were having this conversation a little bit before the podcast. It depends on what kind of angle they take, because yeah, obviously with some sports in terms of the Olympics, you've had some issues in the past with, um, like the NHL for the last couple of years yeah. and then a long time before whatever it was like 1998 I believe was the first year they allowed NHL players like it's been on and off as to whether those players could even participate in terms of negotiating like an Olympic break and all of that stuff with the NHLPA um, hopefully it lines up in terms of I mean it's the Summer Olympics Summer Olympics it should because it'll be the NFL off season but hopefully they're able to negotiate something so that the NFL players can play there's been lots of talk um, amongst players in terms of wanting to play, so I think that'll be um, really interesting. You've seen guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, that was going to be my next question. To put together actually. a super team because I was curious yeah. what you would think about like the interest level around the NFL. Because I'm sure the thing is a lot of these NFL players. I think people will. You think so? Because uh, the thing oh, that I we think, keep seeing come will. up in the NFL is these injuries that keep happening that are non-contact, right? So my, that's where yeah. my head immediately goes, where what happens if one of these NFL players, like one of these big stars, they might be coming up on a contract year, maybe they're a running back later in their career, just misstep, and all of a sudden you lost a lot of money because you wanted to play a game, play in flag football in the Olympics where you're not getting paid. I wonder if that's going to be okay. a thought in I'll, the back of anybody's heads. I, I think it might for some people, but I do think that you have to look at Let's look at the Pro Bowl, for example. The Pro Bowl is the definition of a game that's kind of played for its own sake. Um, and that's why lots of people drop out, because the Pro Bowl doesn't really mean anything. You, you're mostly playing for fun at that point. But even despite that, a lot of star players do still go. Um, you see a lot of people decide to not go, but there's still a significant portion of stars that show up. If you can get that, I think that group of stars who would show up for the Pro Bowl is definitely showing up for the Olympics. Yeah, that's true. I also true. think you're going to get a large section of guys who's driven by the fact that they'll be playing for their country. Yeah. I think that affects people I a think, lot more than you'd think. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are just interested in the idea of adding an Olympic gold medal to their, uh, yeah. to their trophy wall, obviously, right? Because I don't know. The funny thing is I grew up, obviously, a hockey player where the the big thing that everybody wants is the Stanley Cup. But truthfully, I think, as a kid at least, I know that the thing that always interested me the most was the idea, like, and this is just, you know, as a, as a kid, like, uh, winning a gold medal would, would have, was, like, the dream. And I wonder if there, that is the case for, like, an NFL player out there. Maybe they were a track athlete growing up and they never really got to see that all the way through. Or maybe it was one thing Talk or another. Talk about Tyreek Hill. Talk, yeah, exactly, Tyreek Hill. This is giving a lot of these NFL athletes who chose football maybe over another track and field sport like i said or even could be soccer it could be a lot of different things this is giving them the chance to potentially compete obviously for their country and there's a lot of pride in that obviously but 
as well as potentially going for a medal, which is something that they would have never, no matter who, how much experience you have in the NFL or playing football, you have never had this chance before. I think it's, and truthfully, obvious, it'll be, we'll have to see how well this sport does in the Olympics to see if it'll even be coming back, right? Because this isn't a guarantee yeah. this will be a multiple year thing, which I think is something that not a lot of people are talking about. It's... And, and I really hope it does. I really hope it does. Because you're looking at the NFL, I, I'm i sure, is thrilled, honestly, at this becoming a thing. Because one of their biggest enterprises has been expanding um, the sport across international boundaries. You've seen it these last couple of weeks with the London games. You've had three in a row. Um, and then coming up later in the year, you've got two games in, I believe it's Frankfurt, Germany, um, Dolphins, Chiefs, and then the other one is some sort of terrible matchup. Those poor German people, I think they're getting like Colts Patriots. Um, <laughs> oh, that is rough. It's been a huge, it's rough. The, the, they got it. They got a really good one and then they got a complete garbage one. Um, but that's been one of the biggest things for the NFL, and you've seen more and more and more headlines about it as they've gone on, expanding their international thing to Germany, um, and then even talk going. Um, another headline from the last week was that they were thinking about in the future potentially hosting a Super Bowl in London. The NFL obviously wants this to be a global game, and I think there's no better way to do that, to demonstrate football to the rest of the world, than to have it in the Olympics. Because... I mean, I've had this before with other sports that I don't particularly care about, especially in Olympic context, because, like, how often are you going to watch swimming or, like, squash or skiing? Like, not a lot. But in the Olympics, you can kind of get caught up in that. If you see your country doing well, um, if you see it on TV when it's on, it can get you invested. Um, like, a, an example for me would be like the sport of ski jumping I didn't know too much about yeah. but then there was someone who I actually knew um in my junior high that won a uh bronze medal in the wow. team, team ski jumping uh shout out to Ali um but uh that like just seeing that on the news like it it made me want to like wake up early to watch ski jumping which I never would have done before oh yeah um and I think that that can happen for all sorts of sports. Yeah, I remember and last year for me it was football. probably swimming, watching. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, she has a brother in the NA. Alexiak. Alexiak, right? Yeah, okay, where she's Jamie just Alex yeah, not Jamie Alexiak. That's Penny Alexiak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, she was dominating in whatever Olympics I watched. This would have been when was the Summer Olympics? Was it was it two years ago now? I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I remember I was yeah. I was visiting family, and uh, they had it on the TV. And I remember I just walked by. I planned to make myself a sandwich or something, right? I ended up sitting down and watching that crap for probably three or four hours because <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Like, it's never – and it's not something I have watched again. It's not something that I plan to watch again. But in the moment, it's really easy to just get trapped in that for a second, right? And just enjoy, like, the moment that – all these athletes are getting in the spotlight because especially for a lot of these sports obviously these nfl players they're going to go right back to the glory of playing in front of like fifty thousand fans every sunday night a lot of these sports don't get that like sure there is following for certain ones of them but definitely not to the national level that you see at a at a lot of these bigger sports right this is the biggest moment of some of these athletes careers obviously when lebron goes and plays in paris He's not going to be saying the same, 
Maybe he will, but he's probably not going to be saying that this is the height of his career, right? For a lot of these athletes, it is that, and you're getting to experience that. Even if you don't understand the sport or really like know a lot about it, you can still appreciate it for what it is, right? Which I think is gonna, is a really, really cool thing. And I think uh, we're going to get to see a lot of talent that we haven't gotten to see before. I think it'll, like you said, the NFL has expand, been trying to expand to a lot more countries. I think this is going to do a really good job at that because it's going to highlight a lot of talent from around the world that might not be as recognized, right? Because I mean, like I said, maybe we'll see more CFL guys try and make to the make a, make an NFL jump after playing well in the Olympics, right? This is just one of those things where the it might be giving a lot of countries that don't necessarily get recognized for football as a sport or any of these sports. It's it's giving them the chance to really spotlight all of their best talents, right? I think that's an awesome opportunity, and mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm super excited for it, even if it's like mm-hmm. five years away. <laughs> I, and it'll it, and it'll be super interesting to just see what kind of because I mean, even in terms of the NFL player pool, there's been a lot more um, players in terms of like coming from other countries, like pull, pulling up a list of these guys, thinking about what a Team Canada can look like. You've got guys like, I know he hasn't been doing too well recently, but Chase Claypool. You've got Chuba Hubbard, Javon Holland on the defense. Um, Benjamin St. Juiced is another kind of underrated guy. John Mechie, a younger guy. Um, guys like Kyle Hamilton is from Greece. Um, same thing with jo- George Karloftis. Um, defensive end on the Chiefs. Lots of players from Nigeria. Lot, um, uh, lots of players from... Like a couple players from Mexico, lots of players from Germany, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, to kind of shine shine a light on that would also be like really interesting, and hopefully to expand that roster even further, um, to start to see the kind of thing that you're seeing in other sports in terms of, um, like the NHL especially is the one that I think of where they're kind of the game has gotten better, particularly because. Um, hockey has expanded to more than just Canada and the US you've seen lots of talented players from other countries come in and that's I think when the game has evolved the most even going back to like the 70s and like the summit series between Canada and the Soviet Union um like that was a huge moment for the that game. That is arguably expanding and growing yeah, part of the game. I mean, you talk to pretty much anybody who knows anything about the history of hockey. That, like you said, the Summit Series is one of the biggest moments of just expanding the game. Because after that, that was the first time that I can really think of that we actually saw Canada get really, really tested. Like they were really put up against the ropes for a second there, and. And obviously in the rest of the 70s and the 80s, the Russians or the Soviet Union at the time dominated hockey. They dominated. You still, you hear things about those Russian teams that you would, that just describe them as the greatest hockey teams ever built. And it's those types of stories that allowed, like, and whether they were myths or or truth, probably leaning towards myth, but it's not like we know now, right? The, the a lot of those stories are the reasons that we've seen a lot of those Russian players being able to come over there, come over to the NHL now, mm-hmm. and they started being able to make that jump. Like it's because of all of those. This might just be the beginning for football going worldwide, right? Because sure, yeah. playing a game in England and Germany's nice, but 
And I'm sure it's expanding the game a lot, but it's not going to do anywhere as much as it does for the Olympics. Because the thing with the Olympics is yeah. there could be a hundred, or no, scratch that, a billion people on this planet watching a soccer game, right? Watching Olympic soccer, and obviously exaggerating, but you know what I mean. There could be a billion people watching soccer, and they could see highlights of football and go, what the hell is that? And that is the opportunity that I think the NFL really, really, if they're, they want anything, it's going to be that. I think this is going to be a really good chance to grow the NFL as a whole. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like to add on to that a little bit, I think it's important to realize like when you're looking at these international games, it's getting interest more from a viewer perspective, but the Olympics is also getting yeah. interest in terms of like building up infrastructure to get people on the field. I think that's the important part that's missing. Um, in terms of actually building up these teams because otherwise like these countries would have no incentive to help people train um for this whatsoever but now that there is actually an incentive hopefully we can see even more development of basic football well it's also the fact that obviously a lot of countries really care about their olympic performance right and in in a lot of cases you could see football as a very open game at least because obviously other than the u.s other than the u.s (laughs) but that's not the the gold medal isn't the only one people are going after right because think about it like this Other than that gold spot, sure, you can argue that Canada is going to have a good football team. Just put that to the side for a second, right? That silver and bronze is wide open. Anybody can take it. Sure, there are players from the NFL, or at least just on a surface level, but there are players from the NFL who have come from other places. But compared to other sports where there are players from all over, or sorry, athletes coming from all over the planet, who are all almost equally as good in some sports as it's, it's the, the difference in half a second or a quarter of a second, right? In some sports, it's like a couple of inches or whatever, whatever, ha- what have you, right? That in football, it's going to be different because we're going to see one team dominate everybody else and that silver and bronze are going to be really, really competitive, at least in my opinion, yeah, which I, I think, think is going to have a I lot of so. intrigue. It'll also be interesting in terms of NFL scouting. I know XFL, yeah. USFL has opened up a lot of doors for guys coming into the NFL. Um, again, like watching the Cowboys again on Monday night, like I said it before, but it's so cool to see um, guys like Kamonte Turpin and Brandon Aubrey get shots um, when they would have never had these opportunities if that avenue to just be seen didn't exist. Who knows what can happen in terms of scouting people from other countries on the Olympics, because I'm sure NFL GMs are going to be watching. Oh, of course. you can find that gem in the rough, like, it's going to be so worth it. Well, like I said about the CFL, like, a lot of these CFL guys are going to get a chance to play against the a lot of these NFL guys. And what happens if a CFL corner somehow plays well against an NFL corner? All of a sudden, yeah. or an NFL wide receiver, sorry, all of a well, sudden... Nathan Rourke starts starts uh, as what yeah lighting up people exactly right like what happens if all of a sudden yeah what happens if all of these cfl guys start playing really really well and all of a sudden all of these nfl teams are like wait a minute you're telling me those guys have been up north the whole time (laughs) i want some of them and then you start bringing down all the cfl guys and i think it'd be really interesting i think it's gonna yeah it's gonna give a really good opportunity to grow the game Mm mm-hmm yeah, I completely agree. So we're going to be moving into the MLB a little bit now. As right now we are in the middle of the playoffs. It is Wednesday. So a lot of things can happen between 
where we are sitting right now in the week and when you will probably be watching this. But nonetheless, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoff format because there's been a lot of people really upset about it. Obviously, with uh, a lot of big changes coming in last season was the first year that it came in. It's year two, as Manfred made sure to point out to everyone who is mad about it. Because God knows who doesn't all, because wasting two years of playoff baseball isn't that bad, right? Like, it's not that bad. That's only two years, right? Who cares? Manfred sucks. Anyway, the <coughs> he did say that they would be reevaluating it in the offseason, like they always do, apparently. But uh, he does think that they have the format right, which is something that I want to immediately throw to you, Caleb, because I'm curious what you have thought so far in the last two years on it. We talked a little bit about it. I, uh, I think I'm my own opinion is probably I the wild card series as, as a whole have very have been very strange to me because I grew up not necessarily watching baseball. So the idea that you could play 160 games in a season and then lose it all because of one game always made me mad. But it's kind of weird because now that we're actually here and it's no longer one game, it's now three. I don't know. I don't know if I like it more. I think I almost like it less. So I'm curious what you think. I think, okay, so there's a couple things. I think I think the people who are complaining about this are just stupid. Um, I think you have no reason to be complaining because I think this system is significantly better than what it was before. And the argument that people are making is that it's the rest versus rust debate. And especially this postseason, We've seen lots of good teams. We've seen, like, the Atlanta Braves, the LA Dodgers, the Baltimore Orioles, um, who all got um, their little bye weeks or whatever it is, like five days of rest or whatever. Um, I and now would people put that are, on a coincidence. People are, yeah, it, it could be coincidence, but people are complaining essentially by saying, like, it's actually putting these higher-seeded teams at a disadvantage to not be, like, in... Um, game shape because well it could be a coincidence you are, are also seeing that they are getting not just beaten but blown out right um, yes. I believe the the Dodgers were swept I believe it was 3-1 for the Phillies over the Braves the Orioles were swept like it's not even close um, A okay A I think I think to your point that can't really be put all on that because there's a million other factors um, B I think if you are a team where a few days of rest makes you that much worse than you were the entire season, I was gonna say, that is on I, the team. And that, that's, that's on the not coaching. On, that's on because the coaching for not you having your think guys about ready it like to play. This. Every time that, in my experience in on teams that have gone to the playoffs, even in minor hockey, right, minor, minor league sports, generally that, especially when you have a break, the team still stays very close-knit to make sure that over that week or over however long you're going to have on a break – that you are still going to be in shape because you can't sit on the couch eating chips for a whole week because you're going to show up 10 yeah. pounds overweight and suck, which I think is the worry that a lot of people have. But these are professional sports teams, and I just don't I don't see that being a factor. I don't think these teams are showing up out of shape because they didn't play for a week. I don't think that's going to yeah. be the case. Sure, you can make the argument for rust, and maybe you're saying that all of these best teams are playing at a disadvantage, but I almost argue that's a good thing. To a certain degree, like maybe you want to put the best teams at a disadvantage, but I, I guess yeah, that's I, that's. But then you're just. I don't think that's. Then you're I don't just kind of hurting it. the team with, who gets the best seed. 
I guess. So I, I think when I'm looking at this, I think the fans are looking in the wrong place. I think people are coming at it from a very much resistant to change angle in terms of this is the way we've always done it, so yeah. this is the way it should be. And people are just scared of things that are new. Well, even um, like from I, my own perspective as somebody who wasn't necessarily the biggest baseball fan, but I do like the fact that it all comes down to one game because it's the drama, right? And that's the part of sto- sports that I will always love. It's the fact that yeah, but nine it's, innings... Nine innings, twenty-seven okay. outs. Uh, to to, count, I loved to it. counter that, to yeah. counter that. But I, no, no, no. I don't, Caleb. I'm I saying that I agree like with you. That. I'm saying that I agree okay. with you. I'm just saying that the nostalgia of having that, like, of watching the Blue Jays in like 2015, 2016, playing those wild card games, where you know a full half of a year of effort from both of these teams will end on that day. It's like an instant game seven, which I thought was so cool. But there, like, there are a lot of really good advantages as well, which I'm sure you're about to bring up, to a three-game series. I would even posit that a three-game series isn't far enough. So, like, I'm just to go over the current playoff structure a little bit, um, it's a uh, three-game wildcard series. The first two seeds in each conference is going to buy. It's structured just like how the NFL used to be. Um, three-game series in the wildcard. Um, five game series best of five in the divisional best of seven in the ALCS um, I think that while that's better than the previous system where again it was that one game I think this is still kind of absurd because you're just looking at the type of sport that's being played you are looking at a sport that plays double the games of the next closest um, yeah. major four pro sport and you're letting that come down most regular baseball most regular like, season series are a lot longer than three is, three games as well. Yeah, want to look at it like Base, that. Baseball is a game that like is a lot about. Um, I wouldn't say luck, but it's a lot more I would. variation. I would like there. There's a little bit more of a luck element to it. It's not like a football thing where if you're looking at a team in one game, sure, there's teams that have up and down weeks, but you're probably going to get a pretty good judgment of a team when they play another team one time. That's It works. But with baseball, it's like the being good in baseball is about being good over a sustained stretch over 162 yeah. games. You're going to say that you're going from this idea of being good in a sustained stretch to putting it down to one game or three games or even five games I think is too short. I don't see oh, okay. why MLB doesn't just expand their postseason more because I do think it's kind of insane that some of these teams like the Mariners are getting eliminated um, because they're just on the So outside. that's I, where it's coming down to. Okay. <laughs> not just homerism. I, even if the Mariners are not in this conversation. Um, no, I, see, I, I get the, I, the ML, I know The MLB postseason, I think, would work so much better if you just go old NHL style. Seed the people one through eight, yeah. best of seven, all the way through. Because like it's or not going to be about wear and tear at that point. You they already do you, it. You said that you don't like the idea of a five-game series. I like that a lot more than a three-game series. Even if you do, I completely yeah. agree with you. I was going to say the same thing. One through eight. Maybe even if you want to keep and try and keep things maybe a little shorter, you could do the first round five game series. You have to admit, even that would be a very large improvement. Like it would be. Like it's it's again, it's like a five game series is better than a three game series. A seven game series is better than yeah. a five game series. Yeah. It it's, it just comes down yeah, to shortening I, it, right? Because I think uh, 
while that is something that I don't know if a lot of people like about baseball, how short the World Series kind of is. Or not the World Series, just the baseball playoffs as a whole. I think, I don't know how many people would be complaining about a longer playoffs other than the players. <laughs> and then and then at that point, just shorten the goddamn regular season. Yeah. Because who True. needs 162 games? If you're worried about... Can I be honest care, with you? Take like 50 games out of that season. Nobody cares. Can I be honest with you? I think that a lot of the reason they still have 162 games is the same reason why they're scared to shorten it in all the sports have been that have been around for 100 years is that they don't want to make every single record impossible to break. Right? And I think... Uh, yeah. But it, it shouldn't stop you from ruining the sport. Like, I, yeah. I know baseball is well, a lot you more say historical. That. You say that, but, like, think about it like this. I, I ha- You have to think that part of the reason that the NFL wanted to make it 17 weeks and add an extra game to the season was so that they could have these types of situations where all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's, like... You have Watt going for the sack record. You have Cup well, going for the I, receiving I, record and stuff like that. Because that. that is good. That is I good publicity for the sport. I think there's something to it. It might be, but I still think there's an asterisk. Like I, I thought of that as more of a negative in terms of there being an asterisk to every sure. single record now. Um, I mean, I, I think with the NFL, it just comes down to an extra week of television, an extra week of selling out stadiums, and extra. But does that mean that does that stadium. mean that you would be putting an asterisk? next to every single MLB record that happened before this upcoming year where let's say they shorten it by 50. I mean that's something you have to that's something you have to put into consideration but I do right? think it would be worth it. Because I it feels like be you're because th- the argument that you would hear from every baseball fan I feel like is you're throwing away history at that point. Because all of a sudden you'd have a bunch of new records for everything and you're throwing and all of a sudden it's like all of these records that were set by all these players who play who came before is just gone to play devil's advocate obviously because i do agree with you i think it would make the sport a lot better it would make it a lot more watchable just in a regular season thing because i like watching baseball personally like i get quite a bit of enjoyment just sitting on the couch grabbing a bag of chips and watching baseball but when it's like july and the game doesn't matter because neither of these teams like it just doesn't no one cares like i think baseball would really benefit from hell cutting the season in half right yes. like cutting the season because in the half. Games... players want more rest split the games up they don't have to play be playing every single day like and all of a sudden it becomes a completely different sport which is the argument that you're going to get from everyone i quite honestly the reason i do not the reason part of the i mean there's multiple reasons but the biggest reason why i like football a lot more than every other sport is the spectacle of it and the spectacle sure. comes from there being one game a week um, yeah your favorite team will play once a week it is a huge event it the implications if they lose or win are huge that adds add so much that? of the drama can i add on to that a big reason mm-hmm. why i've fallen in love with the ufc lately is because of that same idea where a lot of these fighters are only getting one chance in their entire life to try and win that belt because if they lose to that champion, all of a sudden they are there's a very good chance they're not coming back to a championship fight. You so yeah. every single time that someone puts their belt on the line, that champion has the chance to lose everything. And that cha- mm-hmm. and that and that challenger does too. Because you never know. They because the truth is nobody remembers the guy who comes in second. 
Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the that's the big thing with that makes the UFC so entertaining. It's almost the same thing with the NFL, which is exactly yeah. why I feel like I probably have a hard time watching MLB when I can sit down for seven hours once a month on a Saturday and just watch people beat the crap out of each other because it's just a spectacle. Like, it's just so many so much inc- more. Yeah, so many incredible moments can come from that because. Let's say, obviously they can't because of actual physical limitations with the UFC. But if they were, like, if, for example, the best fighter in the world is probably Alex Volkanovsky, and I will get yelled at for that, but he is. I mean, as long as he doesn't lose on Saturday. Volk don't lose. But uh, if he fought every single weekend, all of a sudden you're getting into a situation, or hell, every night, (laughs) where records in the UFC starts to look really stupid. And undefeated fighters start losing, right? When you shorten the season, you allow for incredible things to happen, like undefeated seasons, like you see in the NFL, undefeated records, like you see in fighting. Like, it's stuff like that that makes sports so entertaining to watch because all of a sudden, you could be near the end of a season and you're not only fighting for playoffs, you're fighting for a chance at history. And you just don't see that as much in baseball. Yeah, and it's like... I just feel like the emphasis with the MLB is on the wrong part. And in terms of pl- all those people playing devil's advocate in terms of records, um, I get it. I get why that's a concern. Um, but when it's about that or saving your sport because baseball is dying and not as many people are watching it, I think you have to um, make some drastic changes because nobody like nobody's going to care about a random baseball game on a Thursday when it's a one out of 162. That's my biggest thing. And then the, again, to say like, to my point, the emphasis is on the wrong part. They put all of their games in the regular season where nobody's going to care where Oakland's been out of the playoffs since and playoff like, baseball is like best. Like it sucks that we don't get that much. It's so, it's so cool. Like it's, it's the only time where I like, I am not a baseball and think fan. About how when many... the Mariners are in the playoffs. It's the only time I ever watch baseball. Like, sure, you can make the argument for ticket sales, but think about how many more fans show up for playoff games than they do, like, games in the middle of July. Yeah. Hell. You're like, creating cut, a more consistent Like, think about base. it like this. Cut 20 games off, even. Cut 20 games. You don't have to cut off 50. 50 might be absurd. Cut off 20 games. Maybe throw them in the playoffs. Make the playoffs a bit longer. Make the regular season a little bit shorter, and you will have a more fun season. Because, hell, yeah. I almost feel like 162 is, like the maximum you knock that down to 140 even and all of a sudden every game just has that little bit more of a just importance to it right and personally i don't get the playing every night thing i don't like it it's not great yeah because it makes it as a casual fan it's a lot harder to pay attention to it because or even Mm -hmm. just as somebody like now especially this year i've ran into the issue where i've been working a lot where I will want to watch the games, but I can't sit down and watch two hours every single night. Or, no, for baseball, it's longer. It's usually, like, three or four, right? Like, that's yeah. the nice. That's the one thing I do like about hockey and why I'm such a big hockey guy is I can almost plan ahead and make for, <laughs> for the fact that I know the Flames don't play for three days, right? Like, it's that type of thing, which I think baseball just doesn't have because when they're playing every single night, you don't have that same... You can't look forward to the games as well. Because think about it like this. Yeah. Like with the Seahawks, like I'm sure you look forward to every single Sunday they play, right? You look forward to watching yeah. that game. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, same thing with me watching the Flames. If the excitement if, if, if builds I up knew, for the days they don't play. If I knew every single summer, summer night of the summer, I could go. Oh yeah, the Blue Jays are playing. Eh, but they play tomorrow. Mm, I don't know if care. I'm gonna watch. No, of course not. Which I think is the issue that they run into. And sure, the hardcore fans will disagree. Like, oh, I watch every Yankees game. <laughs> No, like it's, it's you just are, you are one in a million. You are one yeah, in a million. Like, it's I don't know. You don't. It's not necessary. But the thing is, you'd be ruining a hundred years of that being the constant, right? So it's just which is the tough part. And it's and because of how resistant people are to change in general, it's never going to happen. But I do yeah. think it's a major major reason that people don't like the sport of baseball. It's the main reason I don't because I think it's a fine sport in and of itself. I think it could be really entertaining, especially like watching some of the Mariners games down the stretch, especially when not even just in the playoffs, but when they were trying to break break that playoff drought. It's one of the most exciting things, one of the most exciting like sporting events oh, yeah. I'd seen. Um, but it's Baseball just getting diluted. has the opportunity to be one of the most exciting sports ever at times, because when you get those moments, they are bigger than anything else. And maybe it's the fact that we get them so rarely that makes them so incredible because i mean you think of like as a blue jays fan the batista or batista bat flip right that was one in a million right so maybe it's the fact that those moments don't happen that much which makes them so legendary right but it's but think of where all those moments happened where did they happen in the playoffs not in the regular season nobody cares you, what well, perfect we can, games maybe in the regular season, but everything else, it's a playoff thing. Perfect put games, the emphasis triple on the crowns, like stuff like that. Yeah, put the emphasis on the playoffs, not on the regular season. Expand the playoffs, de-emphasize the regular season. That's if the MLB wants to have a long-term future, especially with younger people, younger demographics who have less time on their hands than previous generations. I think. Um, then they're going to have to do something <laughs> like that. You know your stat's good when you end it with I think. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna, <laughs> that, that would take a lot more research than I have the capacity to do. But, yeah. like, there's a lot more stuff going on. Yeah. All right, so we'll start off our NHL segment by talking about a team that clearly has a lot of expectations. And they're starting off the season pretty well. Especially when it comes to the new, I believe he's the the new highest paid player in the NHL. Just recently got a new deal, and that is, is Austin Matthews. I I believe he's the I believe he is now the highest paid player in the league. Um, if not, he's real. Close I to I thought it was like is it is it not still like Seguin for some reason? Oh, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I, I know Seguin was for a while. <laughs> Just but whatever. Down. That's not that's not what it's that's not what's important. We're here to talk about anyways. Uh, yeah. Matthew Austin Matthews um, did something pretty incredible the first two games of the season and became the fifth player in NHL history to open the seasons with back to back hat tricks. Um, I don't think saying that like the fifth player to do back to back hat tricks to start the season, I don't think that really puts into perspective how insane this stat is. Because let's go through the other players that have done it. Alex yeah. Ovechkin did it in 2017-2018. Makes sense. Um, one of the best goal scorers in NHL history. If not the but best. But all of the... If not the best. Um, looking at the three other players who did it, it was all over 100 years ago. 
All yeah. three players did it in. It was all the same year, nineteen eighteen, yeah. which is crazy, and that's just a complete. On with how much evolution has gone on in the sport, that's almost a completely different sport. Um, yeah. So to be able to do and it in this era, that also highlights how insane like Ovechkin was. Yeah. Yeah. To be in a league with basically just you and Ovi, um, that is completely insane. And it's a conversation like, that keeps coming up with Matthews is the fact that he. It, without much competition at all, in the last, I'd almost argue that if you, if someone were to walk up to me on the street and look me dead in the eyes, grab me by my shirt and go, Austin Matthews is the greatest scorer, talent-wise, of all time, I would probably go, please let go of my shirt, but also, okay. Because, truthfully, it's not, it's not that out there. It's not that far out there. It's not that out there. I think, like, you could... I think it's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but in terms of oh, like sure. the best go- goal scorer who is active right now, I think yeah. that's pretty like really. But clear. even like, because sure, you can make the argument that it's a stretch, but just look at the talent. Like before, before Ovechkin came along, the person who I always would have, if you asked me when I was younger who I thought was the greatest scorer of all time, I would have told you Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux comes yeah. to mind. Brett Hall comes to mind. Players like that. I feel like both Ovechkin, especially in this new era, Ovechkin and now Austin Matthews are starting to show a level of talent that we didn't even see with them. I think that mm-hmm. Matthews in the next decade will solidify himself as one of the greatest scorers, if not the greatest. And uh, I i mean, it's nuts. It's nuts how incredible that his shot is. I mean, like you, you hear it constantly. He's also only 26. Like, yep. he's got How a many goals does he have on left him in. Uh, 305 in 483 games. That is good enough for fifth all-time in the entire Maple Leafs franchise history. Which, Isn't considering that how nuts? long <laughs> and storied of a history they have, um, it's pretty insane. And all of the guys, so just reading this goal list in terms of the top five, you've got guys like Matt Sundin, obviously, he has 420, so Matthews is close. Which is um, and that which took, is even more that crazy, Sundin, considering... That, yeah, I was about to ask. How many games? Matt yeah. Sundin did 420 in 981 games. Yeah. And Matthews is already approaching that with only, like, 480 under his belt. Um, so, one so Going down the list with the rest of the guys, too, it's a very similar story. I want to look at... into something while... You can keep going. I want, I'm going to look into yeah, something because I want to share a stat in a second once I get I'll, it. I'll keep going because the, the rest of the list, just in terms of, think about this in terms of games played. Um, Daryl Sittler has 389 goals in 844 games. Matthews is maybe, with his production, because he was scoring like, he scored like, 50, 50, what, what was it, 40, 42, 41 goals last year. 40 goals before so he's about like two-ish seasons away from from doing that so he'd do it in like 300 less games potentially um dave keon 365 and 1062 games ron ellis 332 and 1034 just seeing that kind of discrepancy in terms of goals per game it's absolutely insane and to share it's up to these same numbers it's going to to just share a nut stat head and shoulders a nut stat because Obviously, Ovechkin, what he has done in his NHL career, and the comparisons between Ovechkin and Matthews will never end. Never. Not in a million years, right? 
Like, what he has done in his career has been unparalleled. Other than Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is the only person he is chasing. And that says so much. And I think, I think personally, Alex Ovechkin passed Wayne Gretzky as a better scorer five years ago. At this point, he's just chasing a number. Just because of the difference in era. And I think what we're seeing from Austin Matthews, and just to back up my claim of uh, how Austin Matthews being one of the best talent-wise scorers of all time, potentially later on, could very easily take that top spot. Austin Matt or... And this is just this shows how good Alex Ovechkin, how consistent he's been. He has scored a goal in sixty percent of the games he's ever played in in the NHL, which is ridiculous. Austin yeah. Matthews is fifty six percent, and that's assuming he doesn't get better, right? Because, like you said, he's only twenty six. And Ovi only got better at scoring with time, truthfully. Like, looking at some of Ovi's top seasons, if you go his top five, yeah, some of them, his his very top were from when he was a little bit younger, 2007, 2008, 2009. Yeah. But then you've got seasons later in his career, like his third most with 53 goals is 2014, 2015. Um, then 2018-19, which is not that long ago, he scored 51. To be fair, though, good for his he's fifth like, best season. one of the things that doesn't get talked enough, and we're moving into Alex Ovechkin now, but something that I always like to bring up whenever I... we whenever Alex Ovechkin gets talked about, is the fact that he almost changed his style, his style of scoring over his career as he's gotten older, which is what makes it so much more impressive to me. Because the thing is, think about it like this, right? Wayne Gretzky, the way that he always scored, he had an... If you asked him, he wouldn't say it, but he had a great shot. For the era, he had a great shot. He was really smart. He knew where to put it. He had one of the more accurate shots in the game. Brett Hall again. Shot, 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 shot. Anything you ever hear about Brett Hall... Best shot in the NHL in the 90s, probably. Or at least wrist shot and snapshot. Then you can move into, you move into, again, Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux was an incredible dangler. He was an incre- he was incredible at scoring on those types of chances. Ovi almost has had two different careers. Where at the beginning, the thing you always heard about him was that he had an incredible ability to dangle. You think of the goal where he scored with the stick behind his back, right? Like... He, that's what he was known for at the beginning of his career. And as he got older and he slowed down a bit, and especially now, he's known for standing on one spot, and whenever he gets the puck, whips it top shelf, no goalie knows how to stop it. Like, uh, yeah. and I, that's the type of thing that I could see, another reason I think Austin Matthews could, we could see him hit that 800 goals mark if he is anywhere as consistent as, uh, as uh, Ovechkin, just because he has that kind of shot. Where if he learns, if he can learn as a Padawan from Ovechkin on how to score in his later in his later years, seriously, the sky is the limit. This man could break any record he wants to. He has all the talent. Mm-hmm. And I do think like that's why this Austin Matthews contract for the Leafs is so important. Was so important for them to get because I think as long as you have Matthews on your team, you're going to be at least relatively in contention. Um, yeah. The Leafs, obviously, the big thing is people aren't going to be focused on Matthews as much just because the Leafs as a team, the big thing is they need to win a cup because it's been 50-plus years. Um, If you have Matthews and you have some other elements of talent, you're always going to be somewhat in contention, which I think is really important in terms of having that core. Um, I think it's a big year for them in terms of 
getting this, trying to get a championship before a guy like Nylander goes. But looking at this performance from Matthews, it's at least somewhat solace on the team side to be like, hey, look at this. We have a generational scorer. Even if we lose a guy like Nylander, we're still going to be okay and we can still build again around him. And if we want to go to the Maple Leafs and talk about them for a little bit more, they just to highlight how good of a start they're having, a stat that immediately stuck out to me is currently, and obviously three games in, but currently they are sitting, they have th- six players above a, or either above or at a point per game, including two defensemen in John Klingberg and Riley, which a lot of people haven't been talking about how good Klingberg has been this year with... He's been something that I've always been hearing about so far from the season is how he has fell perfectly into that Toronto power play. And he's almost what they've been missing in that spot where he is that power play quarterback that they never really had. Sure, Morgan Riley's great and all that, but that's what John Kligberg is. The, he is the a power issue play with Morgan. Yeah, and the issue with Morgan Riley is that um, he's obviously when you're looking at a power play quarterback – you want the guy like Morgan Riley's skill set works really well for that because he is entirely offensively focused. But I think the other thing that John Klingberg provides is someone in like those clutch situations looking at overtime. Um, because when you get Morgan Riley on your team, it's all offense, and then when it switches up on you, um, you have literally nobody to help just because of how yeah um, how focused he is on the offensive side. With John Klingberg, it's a little bit more of a balance to where if you're on the power play and, oh, no, something's coming back shorthanded the other way, it's not as much of an issue. Because I know um, it may seem like a small thing, but the Leafs were really getting afflicted by shorthanded goals last year. Um, To be able to have somebody who can give you the offense that you need, direct the power play like that, but also have the ability to flip on a dime and go back and defend, like I think that's a big thing. Um, and gives them a lot more depth as a team um, in terms of handling multiple different situations. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's also a really important part of the power play because you still need to... Four people on the ice is still four people on the ice. It, you don't just get unlimited shots on the goalkeeper for two minutes, and that's something that a lot of people tend to forget, or at least when they think about teams like this, which is why exactly having a guy like John Klingberg, who he's more balanced... But I think he's also still... I would still make the argument that he is a better offensive power play quarterback. Sure, Morgan Riley I would take as a better 5-on-5 five five defenseman. But special teams-wise, give me, give me John Klingberg. At least in this situation, right? I think that he's just so... He, has, he just has the head for it. He's smart. And like you said, he's good defensively in those situations where... Because the thing with shorthanded goals or shorthanded opportunities is more than often it's caused by too many forwards deep in the zone and usually it's multiple shorthanded forwards going down on one defenseman that is usually what it is so you want somebody who isn't afraid in that situation which john Klingberg won't you like you like you said he is just better i would take john Klingberg in that situation over morgan riley which is exactly why this it's i think this power play we've seen a really really good power play from the maple leafs in recent years but i think this power play is just gonna be even better like this is probably the best i think we are looking at the best power play in the nhl right here and i that shouldn't be if it wasn't if it wasn't already close right like yeah already got you can already roll out a a lineup of matthews marner nylander Tavares. last year last year the argument was always between edmonton 
and Toronto. Because obviously... It's one, Toronto. One side... Well, this year, I think it's a lot closer. Because obviously, you look back at Edmonton last year. It's not necessarily that they've gotten better. It's just that they... Or they've gotten worse, sorry. They haven't gotten better. And Toronto added one of the better power play defensemen in the NHL. They literally yeah. have a... And now that you have Klingberg, I'm more than happy putting Riley on that other side. That works perfectly for the power play, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think I think that this is going to be perfect for them. And, uh, yeah, I think that uh, we're going to see a very strong power play, if not maybe even a historically good power play from the Maple Leafs. You do not want to take a penalty against this team. That no, is for you sure. you really don't. You really don't. You really don't want to be coming up against any aspect of this Maple Leafs offense. And hopefully... Hopefully they're able to sustain that through the playoffs. I mean, I, again, there's, there's, you can build up a lot of hype. Well, for it, I don't know if me and you can agree justified. on that. But... I, I know, but it, it, it's you can obviously build up a lot of hype around this Maple Leafs team. Obviously, this accomplishment by Matthews should be celebrated. Yeah. It is all for the Leafs about. I can put I can put my Leafs hatred to the side to to respect history being made because that back to back hat tricks is absolutely incredible this man just had more hat tricks in two days than i have in my entire 14 year long minor hockey career (laughs) so i can tip i tip my hat if i could take it off my head to you austin matthews thank you guys so much for watching this week um hope you enjoyed all of our segments if you did make sure to give us a follow on all of the places you know where we are Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. Um, no. Follow us over on the Fresh Take Network. Um, that's where you can get all of our audio podcasts, everything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but other than that, um, you guys know the drill at this point. I'll do my shout-out for this week. Um, my shout-out is going to go to... Um, we've got a lot of hype in the last like two days or so, but I think it's well-deserved. Um, my shout-out goes to the random Chargers fan that they kept panning the camera to <laughs> in the Monday Night Football game. Yeah. Um, she went on the Pat McAfee amazing. show. She went on the Pat McAfee show, which props to her and props to Pat McAfee for getting oh, that yeah. interview. Um, that was awesome. Like, just to... that That's such of what a football fan is. Just those reactions. Like, that's me at home The funny day. thing is people... I'm so glad... The first question I think she was asked... I didn't watch the full interview. I just saw clips. But, uh... The first question I think she was asked was whether she was put there by the NFL because it looked like she was literally just there to sell the game, right? But no, she to was just super invested. Indeed, Chargers fans. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I mean, that's just wholesome as hell. Game, hell yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. I, I, I kind of hate that people are like, "Is she a paid actor?" Oh my god, guys, just like shut up and enjoy a good thing. Like we don't have to be so cynical all the time. Um, let people enjoy things. The yeah. Char- Chargers, Chargers fan, um, you're cool. Um, I, I feel like those people are like, like the same. Game. The same people to like see a kid building a really sick sandcastle and say that they can do better or something like that. Where you can't just like let yeah. somebody enjoy something, even when it's like sure, like it's maybe a little different when they're like an. It's just fucking wholesome. Let them enjoy their shit. It is. It is. Like seriously. Like holy crap. It's the same thing. You know what, actually? You know what? This is a way better example. This was a long time ago, but I still remember it very well. There was a Star Wars YouTuber, and I'm a big Star Wars guy, who uh, watched the 
And to be fair, I probably had a similar reaction for Episode Seven when the first trailer for it came mm-hmm. out. First Star Wars movie in about fifteen years, and the first one that was really made in like my like time of actually being able to go see it in theaters, right? And it, I remember there was a YouTuber who watched it live and broke into tears because mm-hmm. this was like their entire this was their thing right like uh they this was their job this was like everything to this person and people online it went viral like uh the this video of this guy crying over like and it was literally just like the fact that they were showing like the logo with like the new you know the new line underneath and it was this guy just broke into tears and everybody was people were everywhere making fun of him and then he ended up posting... The first thing he posted was, Fuck all of you! Who cares? <laughs> yeah, and it's that, it feels like that type of thing where it's just like people are just making fun of somebody for enjoying something because they're just sad. Like, holy shit, it, go it, enjoy something. Yeah. It's more an indictment of the people who are, like, casting doubt on it. Yeah. Like, than anything else. No, I completely yeah, agree. No. That was a bad time to take a yeah. bite of food. But... The, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't really have a shit, shout out shit. after that. I had more to say on that than I thought I would. Crap. I yeah, have no, one. I, I don't know. You can, you can always give, you can always give a double shout out. We can, we can double shout out the Chargers fan. Sure. Let's do she that. She deserves it. Cause I, I all it. of a sudden can't come up with, uh, oh, actually, is this worth a shout out? Cause this is really funny. This is a funny story, so maybe I'll just end the I'll end the podcast with a funny story. So, okay. I am a play 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 by play commentator for the Saint Trojans. For anybody who is watching this, that might not know that. And uh, earlier this year, I got to do cross country, which uh, there has been almost a story arc for this one inflatable Trojan's head that they like to bring out on occasion. And they brought it out for this cross-country event. And while a runner was running underneath it, this was right at the end, by the way, it, all of a sudden, the generator that it was on, that was also had our stream attached to it, <laughs> busted. And this thing came down. And to take a step back, to show where I was when all this was happening, I was about to do what's called a live hit <laughs> where they had me in front of a live camera explaining what was happening <laughs> and sadly I was facing away from like so I could see it but the camera was obviously looking at me right so all of a sudden in the middle of this live hit I'm talking I'm talking and then I just look over my cameraman's shoulder and I just see this thing coming down as a runner basically dives out of the way of this falling head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, I remember watching it back afterwards. And it's basically the look on my face. Oh, I just realized you can't see me, Caleb. But the look on my face was basically just like, and, you know, they're running over the finish line, yada, yada. What is happening? And I almost started doing play-by-play for what was happening as two parents, like, dived onto the racing track (laughs) and started dragging this as runners started jumping over this deflated Trojan head. So, yeah, that was incredible. That that is one of my favorite moments, I think, this season so far. But uh, they pulled it out for the hot men's 
hockey season opener again, and the whole time all I could think about was, oh my god, if that thing deflates, I will not be able to hold <laughs> my tears together. Because, uh, and obviously, no one got hurt, just to be clear. The runner who was underneath it, he got out of the way in time. Like, obviously, those guys are quick as hell. But it was very funny. So, uh, yeah, that's my shout-out. It's a long shout-out, but I felt like telling that story because I think it's absolutely hilarious. Shout-out to the inflatable Trojan head. Yeah, shout-out to the inflatable Trojan head. They pull out three times a year. (coughs) Okay, well, that'll do it. Subscribe everywhere. Follow everywhere. All that. Um... Make sure to turn in next week uh, when Caleb maybe jumps in the ocean. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll it'll happen. It'll happen <laughs> it'll at some happen point. It'll happen at some keep, point. You, you have to have patience. people along. Yeah. It will. I promise. I'll, Caleb, I promise and it just will to, happen at some point. Just to, like, inspire even more hope, Caleb, which we talked about this a little bit beforehand, Caleb has enlisted his friend who is, I don't know what exactly Ryan, what his, like, official thing, but isn't he doing, like, film Oh yeah, that's his. That's or, his. Like, that's video. his focus. That's yeah. his focus. So he's yeah. like a legitimate, like knows what he's doing with a camera. So we are going to get a cinematic movie of Caleb of Justin Fields forcing Caleb to jump in the ocean. See, which this is this is why um, <laughs> it's taking so long. It's yeah. a process. Um, good cinema takes time. Everybody knows um, that. It's coming. It's coming. Arrangements are being made. Don't you worry. Oh hell yeah. Um, I know how badly people want it. It's coming. Yep. The only thing I have heard from anybody who has watched this podcast is when is Caleb jumping in the ocean? It's going to happen. It's and we met, happen. we pointed this out after that podcast came out as well, but that was the first clip I think that actually ended up on like the Fresh Take social media as oh, well, yeah. Yeah. which was not planned at all, which made it so much funnier. <laughs> I just open up my Instagram promises. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Because if I'm being honest with you, I really wish I had sent Josh, like, a message. I wish I could say that I sent Josh a message, like, listen, this is, this has the potential to be a gold mine. I wish I was smart, I'm smart enough to say that I did that. Absolutely not. None of that was planned. (laughs) Which makes it so much better. (laughs) It's just what the people want to see. Yeah. And I'll give it to The them. Flames did win their their, their uh, first game of the season, so uh, I yeah. didn't have to <laughs> didn't have to jump in the Bow River, Bullshit. thankfully. Bullshit. But if the what was it? If the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup, I have to. Which would be in yeah. like April, which would arguably be worse. So Wow. I don't know. It's oh, been it's looking pretty Calgary? miserable in Vancouver. In here. Calgary, it's been pretty much twenty all week. In April it's gonna okay. be like almost in the negatives in april okay so i think i think if you you might just have to wait if you are that confident in dallas winning the cup i don't know i'm i'm pretty confident i hope it'll i hope it'll come to fruition i can't be the only one getting soaked here yeah that's fair well i think we'll i'm sure the podcast is young I'm sure I'll end up making a stupid prediction at some point. Like when the Flames make the playoffs in like the second seed, I'll say the Flames are winning the cup, and then I'll end up having to like, I don't know, drink a liter of maple syrup or something stupid. Because that is the type oh, of yeah. bet I would totally make. Your yours is jumping in the ocean. Mine will be something incredibly specific and terrible. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm yeah. so looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. No, the funny thing is, I I'm laughing now with the total understanding that I will get my, 
comeuppance. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It'll it'll come eventually. I I have been known to make some bad predictions. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yep. And when that day comes, I have no fear. You folks should be here for it. I have no fear. It's gonna be great. I will take it with pride. <laughs> and with honor. I have no issue with that. I am excited for whenever that day comes and the comedy that will ensue. Oh, I am too. Although I, am I don't too. know if well, I don't know if I'll be able to quite get the same level of filming mastery <laughs> that you might get on yours. We'll fly we'll, we'll fly Ryan out. We'll fly yeah, Ryan. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what we have to do. We need to fly Ryan out here so that he can record me. Drinking a fucking liter of maple syrup or whatever. Anyway, yeah, that's been it. This has been a very long, yeah, very long outro. Thank you for watching. Uh, this was a shorter episode than the last couple weeks, which was purposeful. Because uh, I, while I do enjoy the long form content, I do 100% think that there is a total audience for that shorter stuff. So this week's more for you. Uh, I think... Uh, I mean, we hit a lot, we hit pretty much everything. I think pretty much every sport. Oh yeah, which is always yeah, good. I think so. Like I, I th I'm happy whenever we get to hit talk about every single one because it just makes things more fun. Like I feel like in the last couple of months we've had a lot of NFL and a lot of hockey. Hopefully, at least my goal or my promise to you as the viewer is that uh, hopefully with uh, the NBA starting up, NHL starting up, NFL is going to be going till January. MLB's ending, but not much we can do with the timing on that. We will be doing our best to cover everything. So yeah. I think you can continue to expect that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Subscribe.